Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hello, everybody. Lou Dobbs here, and welcome to The Great America Show. Good to have you with us in this fight for truth, justice, and the American way. And let's get to it. The good citizens of America have let this country get well past the time for all of us to call out the evil and the stupidity of the Marxist left. They've overtaken academia, our public schools, corporate America, and almost all of media. It is past time that we straightened out our politics and called out evil and stupidity throughout our society, whether in our communities, our political system, or our federal government dominated by the Marxist Dems and their evil. The Marxist Dems Secretary of Transportation is a practitioner of stupidity and evil. He ignored the environmental disaster caused by a train derailment that now threatens an Ohio town and perhaps millions of Americans. The threats to health, in part created by the so-called controlled detonations of train tank cars containing hazardous chemicals that have been roaring into the skies above Palestine, Ohio. Livestock dying fish belly up in nearby rivers and streams. The Daily Mail reporting that Secretary Buttigieg, speaking at a conference, ignored the transportation catastrophe and the danger to Ohioans and spoke only of diversity in the construction workforce. What? He is a perfect fit for this anti-American Marxist Dem administration. Spy balloons, China balloons, shootdowns, and missions to recover surveillance payloads, all time to come about just as the Republican House investigations into Biden and his crime family began. Bright, shiny objects, those balloons, with which to distract the American people of the awfulness of this corrupt Biden regime. China accuses the United States of dramatizing, if you can imagine, their balloon incursion into U.S. airspace, upset that the House of Representatives actually voted unanimously to condemn China for their intrusions into U.S. territory. I repeat, when was the last time you heard Congress condemning the People's Republic of China? The Chinese are used to Biden kowtowing to their dicta from Beijing, his obeisance to whatever President Xi demands, Biden is a gutless, clueless, compromised puppet president, which makes him immensely dangerous. And now the White House and stooge-led Pentagon says they have no evidence that the balloons belong to China. Pathetic claptrap from woke generals like Milley, who know little and fret much over cultural issues they don't truly comprehend. And then we find out they didn't actually know that balloons had been over the U.S. territory under President Trump. It's military leaders like Milley who act like damn fools and think they can hide behind an obfuscating mouthpiece like Admiral Kirby. Please spare us further nonsense and lies in the place of facts and truth. And somebody tell these generals to think of the budget and good sense 
before they fire at two-bit balloons with almost half-million-dollar Sidewinder missiles from $300 million F-22 jet fighters. Really, that's smart to these general officers who run the military? Big shots all and peanut brains. Speaking of peanut brains, Jake Sullivan, Biden's national security advisor, has created a task force to focus on these unidentified flying objects, as they call them at the White House. There aren't enough BS groups and titles in the White House already, and the military is sending balloon debris and remains to the, are you ready, the FBI for analysis. You've got to be kidding. The Air Force, the Navy, DARPA, Fort Meade don't have the most advanced analysis teams and equipment. What's wrong with this story? Come on. And now good old former National Director of Intelligence, James Clapper, with a big story out in the Washington Post. He tells the Post that Politico deliberately distorted the Hunter Biden laptop letter. You know, the one signed by 50 intelligence veterans and five former CIA directors among them, all claiming it was Russian disinformation. Now, 28 months after that incident, think of that. More than two years since that incident that changed the outcome of the 2020 presidential election changed history, in fact, and Clapper wants to change his story. I think it's interesting that the facile Clapper has never apologized for signing that document for his part in the now obvious U.S. intelligence disinformation campaign in behalf of Joe Biden just before the last presidential debate and the election. Nor has Clapper or any one of the other signees of that letter claimed they had any other purpose than to destroy the credibility of the New York Post story that set off blackouts of the story in the national establishment and social media and changed American history. And still, the wrong man is in the White House, and that's why, in my opinion, the Marxist Dems and the deep state continue their political persecution of President Donald Trump, now seeking, according to the New York Times, to break President Trump's attorney-client privilege in the Jack Smith special counsel attack on the former president. Outrageous. Outrageous. And we know it will only get more so. There is good news. The House of Representatives, led by Speaker McCarthy, has passed the resolution condemning China. And the hearings on the weaponization of the federal government against citizens, the Oversight Committee hearings on President Biden and his corruption, the Judiciary hearings on the corruption of the DOJ, the FBI, the Department of Homeland Security, all underway, and the battle to end corruption in our federal government is well underway. Our guest today is Congressman Byron Donalds, outstanding Republican, member of the House Oversight Committee, chaired by Congressman James Comer. Great to have you with us, Congressman Donalds, and congratulations on how quickly the Republican Congress has gotten down to work on these important investigations. Uh, he is, actually, and I think, look, you anytime you have to go through you know a little bit of adversity like that you typically come out stronger and i think that's what's happened with him um also there's been a lot of a lot of clarity between the members in our conference which has been really good for us i, I think the lines of communication not even think i know the lines of communication are open 
members are really engaging on all of these different policy fronts. Um, it's it's really a team effort, and you know I think that's you have to give credit to the speaker for you know number one allowing you know that kind of a framework to happen because it could go the other way where you know Nancy Pelosi there was no input, it was her way or the highway. And, you know, that was not just for Republicans. That was for her rank and file Democrat members. That's how it was. And so it's been a very open, collaborative process. It's really empowered him, in my view, to be a better speaker. And uh, I'm just glad to see him, you know, taking that mantle and, and driving the train the way he is. Absolutely. And I think the Republican Party is going to be, uh, is already uh, immensely benefited by uh, the process uh, between all of you who contested uh, the speakership and uh, really tested uh, the way the 118th Congress would operate. Uh, I, I think all of you deserve, as I say, great credit, uh, as well as the speaker uh, coming together and then getting done what you have to this point. Uh, I, I want to turn now, if I may, to the State of the Union. Uh, we find out that it has the second smallest TV audience in in history, and, and down 30% from last year, which was also a low water mark. Uh, your thoughts about the State of the Union, uh, your your reactions? I mean, I'm not surprised. Joe Biden is boring. I, I told a couple of reporters that um, who asked me what was I anticipating, and I was like, I just hope we get out of here in a reasonable time because he's <laughs> just not good at this. Um, if I were his team, I would have made the speech about 35 minutes, get in and get out. But, you know, they wanted to give the longest speech I think has ever been given was this one. Um, and it was incoherent and it was confusing. Like one, one point he's blaming big pharma and then the other time he's other, other hand, he's praising them. So you, I don't know which Joe Biden you're looking for. Um, his comments about how billionaires shouldn't pay a lower tax rate. Than, than a teacher. Well, first of all, that's just a lie. Um, even like Washington Post, I think now has come out. Their fact checkers have come out and said that that is not true. Um, so it's it's all over the place. He barely talked about the border, barely talked about foreign policy, um, which which there are major foreign policy things going on in the world right now. Right. And he was focused on baggage fees and resort fees. I mean, like what? It's it was ridiculous. Yeah, I think ridiculous is a terrific, uh, <laughs> a terrific uh, definition of what that speech was. It, it uh, and he didn't mention the balloon, and even in the absence of a mention, uh, he managed to say he was going to work with Xi Jinping. And don't you worry about all of those uh, incursions by the communist Chinese uh, with their surveillance balloons, uh, most of which we didn't pick up apparently at the time they were crossing into U.S. territory. Uh, amazing. Well, one thing, I'm glad you, you raised Xi Jinping. He had this point in the speech was, name one world leader that would love to trade, would, would trade places with Xi Jinping. He's like, name one. None of them want to. And I'm like, dude, what are you talking about? Uh, do you think Vladimir Zelensky would trade his hand of having, of having the arsenal of the Chinese government versus his arsenal now? I think so. You know, I'm, I'm like, it's stuff like that just makes no sense at all. But that's what Joe Biden was saying. Yeah, it, it was, it was, uh, the speech was ridiculous, as you say. It was also stupefying, uh, the, the incoherence, the, the absurdities, uh, and the, the litany of Marxist items on his agenda. Uh, this man, it, it may be a puppet, but he's a well-schooled uh, puppet in Marxist ideology, 
he's attacking just about everything that uh, is worthwhile in the in the United States, uh, whether it's our public school system, whether it is the American family, whether it is the middle class, whether it is the U.S. government itself that is now riddled with political corruption. The, the, and that brings us to the committees that are formed uh, to investigate uh, whether it is the weaponization of government or whether it be uh, the oversight committee uh, trying to figure out what in the world this president has been doing uh, with all of the evidence arrayed against him and managing to, for over four years, uh, escape a significant uh, investigation and conclusion, even a report from the Department of Justice. Uh, your thoughts? It's I'm very concerned. This is not good because what we've what we're starting to unveil in the oversight committee is that you have some elements of the FBI, some elements of CDC, uh, presidential campaigns, uh, the Democrat uh, National Committee, all working in concert to suppress information to suppress free speech. They're doing it on purpose. And the purpose of why they're doing it is to interfere in an election. As much as they tried to blame the $100,000 in Facebook ads that Russians operatives bought during the 2016 uh, campaign and tried to tie that to, to Donald Trump, with all of the hand-wringing and, and the shouting and the fear-mongering that the Democrats have done the last, the last really, the last six years now o- over this issue, mm-hmm. um, it's nothing. It's a drop in a bucket to what they actually did with the social media companies in the middle of the 2020 election. That, that is what is becoming very, very clear. And I know we're focused on Twitter right now, but if it was happening at Twitter, it happened at Facebook. It happened at Google. And so there's going to be a lot more investigations to come. We're just getting started. Yeah. And uh, a lot more happened as, as dastardly as everything it, uh, that's being revealed uh, about uh, Twitter and its relationship with the FBI, the Department of Justice, the intelligence community, as dastardly as all of that is, we know that the role of Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook was even worse. Uh, and, and whether it be voter turnout, uh, whether it the list goes on at, at uh, Facebook, and I'm sure that's going to be a, a monumental well, Lou, I'll, investigation. Lou, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you myself. And it's in the Hunter Biden uh, story is was is the tip of the iceberg. I'm talking about all the silencing of voices, um, not allowing for conservative thought leaders' uh, viewpoints to matriculate through that platform. Um, the shadow banning that that looks like was occurring. You know, I look at my own, you know, Twitter following for about a year and a half before Elon Musk bought Twitter. My Twitter followers never went past 150,000. Like it just never it would hover around 147 ish sometime somewhere. Right. right. Elon Musk buys the place, takes off all the shadow banning stuff like I'm around 260,000. So I'm like, I, you know, I was on Twitter. I was doing stuff. I would tweet but you would never see your reach grow when you observe. And I'm not the only member of Congress that's happened to There's members all over this building where once Elon Musk bought Twitter, they're following the people who follow them actually started to grow because what's pretty clear to me is they were tamping down on the movement of information. And that that is so detrimental to a democracy. As much as the Democrats want to lecture everybody on saving the democracy, what they were 
in my view, promoting in some ways, completely act asking for, and what they were able to achieve was the silencing of their critics and their rivals politically. Oh, I agree. If they're doing that, that is completely destructive of the democracy. Well, and we do want to mention that they threw a sitting president off of social media uh, completely. Uh, yep. And and Twitter took the first uh, the first action. I mean, in this moment, it's hardly a, a cool moment, but it is a cooler moment than the in the middle of the 2020 election to deny the president of the United States of voice media doesn't have an effect my gosh uh, it's it's just unthinkable what we have experienced and you mentioned the the investigations of uh, president trump two impeachments now another special counsel uh in investigation uh, which was is completely cockamamie uh it, it's it's just ignorant uh to have created but here we are and the only wrongdoing that's been discovered in over six years of these investigations against a president and a presidential candidate uh, and a, uh, a former president who happened to be the same man, Donald, Donald J. Trump, the only wrongdoing has been by four consecutive directors of the FBI who lied to the American people, the, the actions of the intelligence community, the Department of Justice and the FBI, and not a single one of them has been held accountable for trying to overthrow the president of the United States. And that is precisely what they're doing. With And the evidence is sitting right there in front of everyone in Congress, every one of us in this country, that they tried to overthrow the president of the United States. It's just well, mind-boggling. You know, you know it's, what everything you said is, is true. And you know it's true because in the oversight hearings, the Democrats weren't pushing back saying, this is a lie, this is a lie, this is a lie. What they were saying was, oh, well, what about January 6th? That's what, that was where they were going. Well, what about January 6th? That, that was their entire line of questioning. And so it's, this is so problematic because I've been saying this for a couple months now. Republicans are going to have to be the party that saves the democracy. Because it's clear that, it's clear that the Democrats are only interested in having a political system where they become the only arbiter of truth, where they are, the, they have all the keys and they hold all the doors. And that's just not gonna be functional long-term. I was telling some of my colleagues, that listen, I'm more than happy to debate you. Come and sit down and let's debate. We can go at it all day long. It could be one of them. It could be a Senator. It could be the president. I don't care. Let's sit down and do it. But I will give you the ability to speak. I won't stop you from sharing your ideas. Personally, I think your ideas are nutty anyway. So go ahead and share them. <laughs> share them. I'm fine. I'll stand on mine. You stand on yours. But when you have the situation we have currently where the media covers up, where the social media companies are, are suppressing information, how are the American people supposed to be able to get the information necessary to make solid political decisions for their future? That's the problem. And that's what the, that's what the democracy faces right now. Without question. And talking about President Trump being thrown off social media, I had the same experience, by the way. My followers resumed after uh, Elon Musk took over Twitter, uh, the number of followers growing. It's interesting that in the last month, uh, I've been shadow banned again without comment, without reason. Uh, as a matter of fact, I got a funny message. Uh, I wanted to follow some of the folks, and I do this every once in a while, who are following me. 
they're not necessarily, uh, you know, they're not blue check people. They're just people following. And I, and I kind of like having them in my news line and uh, because I am a populist after all. And I get a message from Twitter saying uh, that I've uh, gone over my limit uh, on followers. I mean, that's a new one for me as if it's a strategic plan on my part of some kind to want to reciprocate with as many of my followers as I can. And I'm not talking, I'm talking about relatively small numbers compared to the number of followers, but nonetheless, it's what I like to do. Right. It's bizarre. Well, look, like I said, we're going to get to the bottom of this thing. There's a lot more that's, that's going to be done. And, and, you know, going back to some of the stuff that we worked on during the speakership election, it's not just going to be the oversight committee or the judiciary committee. Uh, we have the committee, the weaponization um, of the federal government. Um, that that committee is real. A lot of stuff is going to is going to come out of that committee as well. Excited for them to get started uh, under the leadership of Jim Jordan. Um, because at the end of the day, we want a government that's working for people, not against them, not over them. Yeah, absolutely. And. and- Give us a sense uh, how you feel the investigations are going so far. The the, the most prominent, of course, uh, the Oversight Committee and the Judiciary Committee. Uh, is there a sense of urgency here? Because I, I have to say, it, it's critically important in my view that you all not only do these jobs, but you do them with a sense of urgency uh, because it is this is just no time for business as usual. It can't be a, you know, a show and tell this has got to result in significant, significant uh, conclusions. Well, the, I agree with you. It's not going to be uh, a, a drag out. I think the Democrats, when they did the January 6th committee, it was on purpose. It was to be drug out over time to do whatever they could to impact the midterm elections. That's why they did it the way they did it. Um, we're going to get down to business, you know, talking with, uh, you know, Chair Comer and Chair Jordan. Uh, we're not sitting around in our hands. We're actively going through the 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 work. Um, our staffs are con- are going through this work in real time um, in overdrive because what because one of the things that's come up is you open up one one box of stuff and then that box leads you to like five other things. Right. And, it's, and so you really have to go through the process. You can't play political games with it. You have to get down to business. Um, but one thing I, I do want to make sure that I state is it's not just the investigations that are coming out of this Congress. We are focused on legislating and actually putting together plans, uh, policies, um, frankly, for Joe Biden to sign if the Senate takes them up um around energy around our border um around financial the financial system and and the regulatory system uh we're looking at what tax policy is going to look like because the trump tax tax cuts are actually going to start expiring over the next couple years and what is tax policy going to look like in the united states um we're looking at these things what about supply chains we're looking at all that and there's legislation to come on all these items so you know i don't want people feeling like all they're doing is investigations like we're going to do the investigations but we're going to be an active legislative house of representatives house of representatives as well we're going to do that job well that's that's great uh, great news and you asserted something at the at the outset of our conversation talking about the public's right to know you didn't frame it that way but that's what we're talking about uh, the records that were sealed by the j6 committee all of the documents and the video uh and it goes across every 
every department of this government, uh, FOIA requests that are ignored uh, and games are played, uh, everything that you can do to put uh, serve the public's right to know, put these records and these documents in front of them, I think would be a very, very helpful uh, action on the part of the Congress. Uh, your thoughts? No, I totally agree with you. That is something that is on its way as well. Um, I think the the respective committee is actually going to be led by uh, my good friend Barry Loudermilk out of Georgia, and so he obviously he takes this very seriously. Uh, he's a he's just an excellent man of character, uh, you know, quality right. member of Congress, and that's something that he's working on with the speaker. That's great news as well. Uh, Congressman, we always give our guests the last word here. And if I may, I'd like to ask you for your concluding thoughts. Uh, it's been great having you with us here on the show. Uh, well, I'll tell you, it's an exciting time on Capitol Hill. Um, first of all, Nancy Pelosi is not Speaker of the House, so you know that's always a good thing. But it's a time where it's going to be very active. There's going to be a lot of collaboration and input from all the members of Congress, even the Democrat members. And there's a lot of policy areas I don't agree with them on. But there is room or stuff that we do agree on. And if and when that stuff happens, we're going to work on work on work on it and get it done. You know, I mean, we've you've seen some of that already dealing with the covid emergency. You had you had Democrats join us to, to support ending the covid emergency and, and things like this. So, you know, the resolution condemning socialism. I know 100 Democrats voted against the resolution to condemn uh, uh, socialism, but the, but half of their conference voted with us. That's a good thing. We should be condemning socialism. And then when we get down to the real policy issues, I work on a lot of nuclear policy stuff. We have Democrats that want to work with me on nuclear policy initiatives because that's going to be critical to our energy uh, matrix going forward. I just think that you know, in spite of the the, the circus of politics, um, I think that there's a lot of stuff that can get done. And I, you know, I'm, I always believe in America. I believe in the American people. We got we have the can do spirit. And so I think that we just got to make sure Washington does its job so the American people can flourish and thrive. And, you know, you, we do that. Man, we'll be just fine. Well, I think uh, I think you're exactly right. And I hope that somewhere in there there is room for a condemnation of the People's Republic of China uh, for oh, yes. violating our sovereignty uh, along the way. Congressman Byron Donalds, thanks so much for being with us. You're a great American. Uh, we wish you continued success, and God bless you. Listen, anytime, Lou. Thanks, thanks for having me on. Thanks, everybody, for being with us today. Here tomorrow, our guest is General Michael Flynn, former National Security Advisor to President Trump. You don't want to miss him. General Flynn, here tomorrow. Till then, thanks, God bless you, and God bless America.